Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Of course, I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, blah 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 And with me all the way from East Bridgewater is my exciting co-host, the blonde bombshell herself, Anne Kerrigan. Woo-hoo! Oh, now I'm exciting! Yeah. I'm always exciting. Compared to me, everybody's exciting. What did you forget the rest of your script this evening? No, why? <laughs> blah, me, blah, I blah, can, I can blah. say that unconscious, believe me. I know. Have. I know. I'm sure you mutter it in, the, in your sleep. Your, uh, poor, your poor wife's going, oh, my God, Ron, shut up. <laughs> well, she, does, she does that anyways. But. Oh, whatever. But so how some, are you? How are I you? Some, I have some great news today. What? I found out I'm I'm Prince's father. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, I went on Ancestry.com and I had my DNA tested. And damn, if I ain't the person formerly known as Prince. Prince's father. father formerly yes. known as Prince's father. Yes. Well, nice work. Nice work, Van Helsing. I know it. I know it. All those wonderful songs and. Yep, there'll be a little bonus in everybody's check this year. Okay. All right. You take all the credit. Yep, yep. All right. Yep. Well, I mean, there's, there's no heirs to the fortune, so unfortunately, I don't have to give it to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. <laughs> you know, it could happen. Okay, so just remember your friends. That's all. That's what I said. There'll be a little extra in your paycheck this year. Okay, all right. Even more than this year. Wow. <laughs> Whatever. That's That's impressive. Yeah, <laughs> it makes it, it makes it all worthwhile. We, we can even hire Spocky full time. All right, good. We need him. So yeah. joining us now, all the way from Scotland, which is probably like midnight or something after Hell midnight yeah. now, is uh, the uh, 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 what is he? Ace uh, reporter. He is, he is, Ace reporter. Oh, he is he is the uh, spiritualist uh, medium. Why does that not come out right today? I don't know. Spirit, spiritualist medium. Spiritualist. Medium. Steven. Say all the ah. vowels. Formerly known as Spocky. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, you're there. Yes. Hi there. Hi, Ron. Hey. Hi, Ron. How are you? Yeah. I'm just You're speechless. He's speechless. <laughs> for this. Yes. He's been yes. rendered speechless. Okay, Absolutely. so... So, Stephen, uh, before I forget, uh, you have been on the show before, but if uh, people want to, uh, you know, if after they hear the show and they want more information about you, where could they get that? They can get that direct from my website, uh, stephenwkscott.com. Aye. Aye. Aye, Captain. Aye. No, that's Star Trek. That's <laughs> Hey, look who I work with. (laughs) Who could I? How could I not have a Star Trek reference? Sorry, Mm -hmm. that's true. (laughs) So, 
So you you sent us some some great photographs and and some uh, amusing video, and uh, <laughs> yes, the video was rather good. Did you see the green lady? Yeah, uh, you did. I did. I, I caught her. I didn't think they were real, but yeah, I, yes. there it was, right on film. Oh wow! What, wait, what kind of videos are you sending? Oh, it scared me. We caught the green lady of Fivey on video. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. And, uh, but I, I have to. I have to give criticism to you, though. Um, oh. Yes. Yes. I, that's a shock. I know you're all shocked, everybody, about that <laughs> when, criticism. When, when you shoot video, always turn the camera sideways, never up and down. Just saying. Yeah, that's a good point. I will do. I will do that in the future. Or I'm, I could just turn my head sideways in the video. Well, you could do that too, but yeah. you, have, you have to move. You'd have to move the uh, scenery as well. So it's a lot more difficult. Unless you're a flat <laughs> worlder, then it's it's okay because you can it's around. But anyways, right. Stephen, I want to thank you so much. First of all, for uh, investigating this place for me uh, once again, uh, I came across something that was extremely interesting, and I, I said, "Who do I know in Scotland that will will get down and find the the down and dirty on this stuff?" And and I said, "Oh, Stephen Scott." And his lovely, her, his lovely companion, the Green Lady. That's her. <laughs> so, when I first asked you about this, had you ever heard anything about Fivey? If I'm, I'm going to say, how's it Fivey? Fivey. Yes. Fivey. Yes. Have you ever heard anything about the curse of Fivey Castle? Uh, a little. Uh, like everyone, I'd, I, I had seen it on Most Haunted, I believe they did an episode there. and um, I wasn't aware of that, by the way. I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have done an episode at Fivey Castle, and but it, it, I also picked it up a long time ago, and uh, I believe it was in one of the old Peter Underwood Ghost Hunter books that I got when I was in school. So, and you know, I've I've been aware of Fivey Castle for a while, but I've never yet had cause to go uh, for obvious reasons, uh, the distance involved. But yeah, it was great to get that chance. So, thank you for putting it forward, Ron. Oh no, thank you. I mean, this is extremely, you know. Great, because I can now live vicariously through you. <laughs> you didn't even buy me a drink. Oh, uh, wow. Well, I did. I just don't remember it, that's Jeez. all. <laughs> Stephen, how far away from you is it substantially? No, it's uh, in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of the US of A, it's not far. In the oh, grand scheme of Scotland, it's it's far. Oh, okay. uh, I think it's about uh, 280 miles. It's really not that far. Oh. Uh, but, but that is about a third of the length of the country, almost. Wow. <laughs> you know, so it's... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's... Um, so it's, it's a hike. Far, but it's far enough, but it's it was good. Enough. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> so what is the uh, what is the reason for your journey... That, that that Van Helsing sent you on. Well, I That's know you, but what's what's happening? What's Those supposed are... to be happening at Fivey Castle? Wow, that's literally like uh, throwing a firework into a bonfire and waiting to see what's going to happen. There's so much has happened at Fivey Castle. There's so much history and myth and legend. Uh, it all dates. Some of the legends date back to the even as far back as the 12th century in the 13th century. Uh, and really what seemed to have kicked everything off was uh, the death of the Lady Meldrum at the 
location where it would, no one seems to know exactly when she died, but her body was sealed up within a secret room within what was known as a section of Meldrum Tower. Mm-hmm. And it was only recently, very recently, I believe it was in the 1920s, that her body was rediscovered. Yeah. But that, that brought together with it another curse. And I say another curse because back in the 13th century, there was a rather famous, I'll use the term philosopher, called Thomas the Rhymer. Mm-hmm. And Thomas the Rhymer placed a curse on Fivey Castle, which is called the Curse of the Weeping Stones. Uh-huh. And what happened was, apparently Thomas the Rhymer was going to visit Fivey Castle. And you're a Well, almost. He just took his time getting there. Apparently they waited for seven and, seven and a bit more years on him mm-hmm. arriving. He obviously stopped at every pub on the way like a good Scotsman. <laughs> and uh, when he did finally arrive there, uh, there was a uh, pretty bad weather that time and apparently there was a, there was a huge storm brewing. Mm-hmm. And just as he arrived at the castle, there was a, a very violent series of wind, rain, the whole works, and it slammed the gate shut in his face. Oh. which he took as a rather uh, aggressive action. He thought the door had been closed on him intentionally when he arrived, so he, he put a curse on Fivey Castle, and that's really where it all starts. So we're going back 800 years, mm-hmm. essentially, I almost 800 years. <laughs> <laughs> yes, when Ron was but a slip of a lad. Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> we're going back 800 years here, so that's really where it all... Everything seems to start around about that period in the 13th century. Wow. Okay. So they uh, sealed her up in a room. Oh, like, wait, wait, wait. Like Let's not get crypt. there. Wait. Okay. Well, we gotta we gotta talk about the curse first. You just can't go jumping into okay. the lady lady what's her face, you know? All right. I mean, you gotta you gotta uh talk about the curse first. Right. And, and, and so he cursed and what was the curse, uh, Scott? You kinda like didn't yeah. get into that at all. The curse was the curse of the weeping stones. And yes. essentially I I could deliver the well-known one to you at the moment, if you'd like. Oh, I'd love it. Okay, and the curse is, uh, Fivey, Fivey, those near thrive, as long as there's in these stains three, there's an until the oldest tower, there's an until the lady's bower, there's an beneath the water yet, and there are three stains you never get. And what it's basically saying is, is that Fivey will never thrive as long as within the grounds of Fivey there are three stones these three stones were taken from a, a nearby kirkyard or church area and they were put into the house, they were actually built into the fabric of the building. There's one apparently within the oldest tower. There's one that's now on display, which is called the Weeping Stone, that's in the, it's technically called the Ladies' Bower, but it's now in the charter room, which is like a storeroom. Mm-hmm. And, but what happened was one of the stones was taken and thrown into the water of the uh-huh. River Athen. So it can never be recovered because no one will ever find that, and therefore the curse can never be lifted. Never be broken. Wow! And, and the curse is that every every uh, male. Uh, yes, no male heir will ever inherit Fivey Castle. Exactly. Oh, mm-hmm. wow! And that's what has unless carried they fight, forward. Unless they find the three stones, of course. Well, that's, that's the thing. But apparently, oh, sorry, Ron, it was just to answer Ron there. Apparently, no male heir has ever inherited Fivey Castle. It's always exchanged hands to a different family. Hmm. So, and eventually, 
<laughs> and eventually they just gave up on it, right? And they 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 either gave it or sold it to the trust, right? Yes, it's it's now in the hands of the National Trust for Scotland, but mm-hmm. I believe it still has some ownership there. They're, I don't know the legalities of all that, but I, yeah. I don't know if it's a custodian or if it is actually owned in part by someone else. But I believe it's it's fully in the hands of the National Trust for Scotland, so it will never have Amelia ever again. Wow, Uh-oh. that's pretty big curse. It is. Perhaps there's something missing, and thou shalt forever lose thy soul to a large corporation, which is, seems to be what's missing. Uh, but not to say that the National Trust is a corporation. Well, I, I, I heard that when uh, Scotland gets its independence, uh, they'll find a third stone. That's that's what I heard anyway. Oh, we're doomed. Oh, really? <laughs> we all know how that's going to work out, right? Yeah, we do, don't we? <laughs> well, that is a pretty harsh curse. Just for having the door slammed in your face. Yes, well, you know. Wow. Seven years getting there. It took him seven years to make his way around to that Mm -hmm. location. So he's busy. Had things to do, things to drink. I mean, uh, apparently so. Maybe he should have moved a little faster, you know. Now, the interesting thing is is they did find one of the stones. Yes. And uh, no matter, I guess if I'm getting this right, and if you know that, you you know the, the. the story about the stone. I would love to hear it from you. Yes, the stone, the weeping stone, is currently on display uh, in the charter room, which is also known as the storeroom. I believe uh, it's essentially it's, it's a large room filled with safes. Now, this room itself, this is one of the rooms where we actually felt something when we when we did go in, and I say both because you know Vary also does mm-hmm. almost the same thing as myself, and she actually picked up quite a lot. In Fivey Castle. Um, but we walked into this room and immediately felt, I felt, uh, uh, you, you're aware of, there was a tangible presence of cold. And not just in a psychic way, I'm actually talking about you could feel the change in temperature when you walked in. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I walked in, I felt heavy in the legs. I felt as though what we call almost like a dead leg. You know, someone would knee you in the thigh when you were at school and your leg would go numb. You know, oh, yeah. or that's what we do over here anyway. That's just for fun. Um, <laughs> but, uh, that's why you wore a skirt, time. so what else? <laughs> yeah. well, that's it. So, um, but I started to get this kind of dead leg feeling and really heavy in the legs. And where the weeping stone is on display is in the storeroom, directly underneath the charter room, uh, is there's a noubliette directly under us, we were told by the guide. And if you know what a noubliette is... Nope. Uh, no, a noubliette nope. is in, a, in an old castle uh, where the, they had a prisoner. They would It's a hole in the ground directly under a room. They would open the hole. It's a dungeon. It's ah. maybe a 20-foot drop. They would mm-hmm. not... There's no ladder. They just threw you in. Mm. And you were left. They, they nice. Closed off. That's it. And wow. everyone... Was there before you was left as well? Yeah. Essentially, that's what a nubliet is. It's a hole in the ground that you threw someone into and forgot about. Okay. So uh, we didn't realise we were standing on top of a nubliet until it came to light, and of course that accounts for the physical cold in the room, mm-hmm. but the heaviness in the legs was quite tangible. But the weeping stone that's sitting on display, apparently, if the lands of Five are ever under threat the stone begins to weep. Water will pour from the stone. Oh. And it's apparently been recorded. It's um, allegedly been uh, noted on several occasions. Um, so it's, it 
wet. It can also apparently be dry when it should be wet and wet when it should be dry, but there's a lot of myth about that itself. Uh, there, there are a thousand and one stories about Fivey, and some of them remain fantastical, some remain very, very possible, very plausible. Wow. So what distinguishes these stones? Is there some kind of marking on them or oh, color? They just, no, they just look like almost kind of, I, I'm even trying to remember the color. It was just nondescript. I yeah. think it was a kind of red sandstone almost, it looked like to me. But, the key uh, was it, 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 is it, it, that it, it was crying when they found it. That's how they found it. Cause I believe so, yes. Yeah, I think that's how they isolated it. When they, when they discovered the stone, there was water actually seeping from the stone, but it was dry. Oh. Everything around it was dry, but the, the stone itself was weeping. We actually have a question for you, Stephen, from the oh. Parrax chat room. Okay. And this is from uh, Ceiling Caddy. He says, I understand that the heaviness... And draining energy, but why nausea around ghosts? I think that's down to some individuals. Uh, I believe that whenever we come into contact with those types of energies, um, particularly where, in my experience, ghosts are a, a psychic imprint, mm-hmm. these imprints are generally left by negative events, negative emotions. So one of the first feelings we get, I mean, if someone were to give you bad news, if you go to your doctor and they give you bad news, you immediately get that sick feeling in the pit of your stomach. If someone, if your boss takes you aside and says, can you come into this room, I need to have a word with you about something, you immediately yeah. get that sick feeling in your stomach mm-hmm. and you think, oh, it wasn't me. So I think whenever we encounter <laughs> anything that could have been negative, you know, uh, I think that's, it's just that gut churning sensation where you realise you've just encountered something that that you're not sure of, and it's that uncertainty of the future, you know, it's the uncertainty of the situation. That's what I think causes nausea. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. Well, I hope that answers your question, Cece. So, anyway. <laughs> uh, so, that, you mentioned when you were in that room, um, you did feel, is that the only place in the castle that you felt anything, or, or was that no, just no, no. drama that room? Yeah, one of the first rooms we went into was a, it was the main uh, it was the morning room. It's like a kind of early greeting room where you would meet guests within the castle. This castle's big. I think it's got something like over 120 rooms. Oh my oh, god! It's, it's something like that. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huge. absolutely huge. And we we went into the morning room, and inside the morning room, it looks pretty nondescript. Now there's a large dais in the middle, and on top of that, there's a kind of bronze statue of Greco-Roman wrestlers, and it's all very kind of strange with old furnishings and everything about the place. But again, Vanny and I walked in, and, and we, we kind of exchanged a glance, and we talked about it because I felt extremely uneasy, and so did she in this room, and we, we kind of gravitated over to the fireplace, and Vanny especially was drawn to this fireplace. And I think the tour guide was... Before we went in, we tried to arrange things with the tour guide where I could take notes and do a lot of stuff, but because it's a National Trust building, it's extremely limited what you can do while you're in there, so you can't take photographs or anything from within the building. And despite my repeated attempts... to make contact, something like five emails and six telephone calls. No one got back to me to arrange anything in the six weeks run up before I got there. So um, I did speak to the tour guide and said, okay, if I take voice notes. So I'm whispering away into my phone and Vanny's standing there and we're, we're kind of looking at the fireplace and everything feels weird and I'm checking the floorboards out, thinking maybe it's just uneven flooring or it's acoustics behind the fireplace. Meanwhile, we're both kind of tuning in and going, this just doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the tour guide says to us, oh, and there's also a, a story of 
And this did actually happen where, when they were renovating the fireplace, they found the remains of a child behind the fireplace. Oh! oh. And that's not in any books I can find. Wow. And that, now, was, quite, that was interesting. Yeah. But that's not the chamber where they found Milady. No, no, no. No, that's not Lady Milady. No, Mildred. that's just another one. That's this another, is just another one. This that's is, another walled up uh, room. Yes. This, uh, I'm telling you, five is more ghosts than the castle in High Spirits. Uh, <laughs> I think that was a joke, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the old movie with Peter O'Toole in the Irish castle. Oh. His family and... <laughs> Peter O'Toole. Oh, the banshee. <laughs> I still that's have the, to watch that. Oh, my God. That's the scare the crap out of you. You'll be able to put the lights on when you go there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that frightening. Uh, oh, Van Helsing, he gets scared easy, you know. Scared the hell out of my son for life. was a child, so I <laughs> I was going to say, the scariest thing about it is Liam Neeson, age 20, and Steve Gutenberg. That's as bad as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it really did scare the crap out of Ron for the longest time. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm sure he's glad you've told the world that now, Ron. Yeah, whatever. Always. Yeah, like he cares. Yeah. <laughs> so, now... So this is all. Oh, about- wait a minute! Well, well, we got. Oh, we got another question for you. This is right up your alley. I, I love this place. Oh, okay. Carter in the Paderecht. He says, "Why are cloudy, rainy, cold countries like Scotland always have so many more ghosts than other countries? Is that true?" Uh, I don't know. Um, and he insulted your country, by the way. No, yeah. that's, no that's, like, that's not an insult. That's just a statement of fact. That's a statement. Uh, <laughs> well, that's a good day. Dismally huh? depressive. Oh, cloudy, very rainy. Um, I, I don't know, maybe we're grumpier over here uh, <laughs> with the weather. Maybe we just think, uh, if, if I'm going to die, I'm going to make sure everybody knows about it for the next 500 years. So, uh, I don't know, but yeah, there does seem to be that type of uh, thing. I think it's more a Celtic thing than anything else, uh, to be honest. Uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, old Celtic tales of um, you know ghosts, fairies, you know, goblins, hulets, those types of things, even those types of noises. We've got poets like Robert Burns writing about, you know, Tam O'Shanter and the witches and all this kind of thing. So I don't think it's so much to do with the weather, but he's absolutely correct. Perhaps the weather just creates a great atmosphere for us, where when you walk out into a dark, stormy Scottish night and the thunder's roaring and the lightning's crackling and it's been raining for, a, you know, 10 years, um, <laughs> it just sets that atmosphere, you know. Yeah. So perhaps that's it. Also, in the heavy rain, you can't hear them coming up behind you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, it certainly lends itself to, as you said, the atmosphere. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, definitely. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, can we talk about the lady that got walled up in the room yet? All right. Still we'll have to wait. It. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yes. Okay. See, you wait, make it. So finish with the baby, the dead baby in the wall. Yes. The well, that was the story basically. So we discovered that there was this child's remains had been discovered behind the chimney. Mm-hmm. And we the don't know who, who the baby was or what is it was there. Why it was done? Why it was there? Or anything? Do we yeah. know if it was male or female? Oh, I, I don't know. No, they didn't say. They didn't say. It was bones. Bones is bones. Oh, no, but you could tell. You could tell. 
Yeah, they uh, can too. But I think it may have been a little bit macabre if I went, so was it a boy baby or a girl baby? <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. freaked her out a little. You no, know, they would have just edgy. looked at you and said, oh, you, you, you uh, work for Ghost Chronicles, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I think we were skating on thin ice by that point anyway, yeah. so just, like, I didn't like, want to be evicted. Yeah. <laughs> like it makes a difference, Van Helsing, you know. Well, it does because now here's what I was thinking. And I was just sitting here. What, what if this was part of the curse where one male baby was born and it died and they put it in the wall and they didn't want to, you know, deal with it. It's part of the curse. They figure if they gave it back to the house, maybe the curse would be lifted. Maybe. I'm just I'm just I suppose. I suppose. That was... I just put that in there. It's all right. That's what it was. It was all right. It was logical to me. Okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry Stephen. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> Boy, but you it, send him out on location, make him ask bizarre questions. They're probably ready to throw him out. You know, <laughs> it's all right. So, did you wear your tartan when you were in? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. <laughs> He just told you it's cold and rainy for 10 years over there. It's not yeah. wearing that. Actually, case. ironically, it was a beautiful day when we were there. It was really quick. <laughs> it, it was warm for Aberdeenshire. You know, <laughs> Aberdeenshire rarely goes above 10 to 15 degrees at the best of times. It's <laughs> buffeted by the northwest. Uh, you, you know, it's very, very cold. Uh, the northwest winds, it's very cold. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it was uh, an interesting place. That's all I'm going to say. It was very cold. When we were there, but it was a beautiful day. I, I know we're coming on to the break, so I don't want to uh, go into too much. But uh, what are we going to talk to uh, talk about on the way back, so we can do a little teaser here? Wow, I mean, we've got so much to talk about. We have uh, the death mask in the library that we didn't Ooh, know was death there. mask in the library. Yeah, yep. Uh, we have the a certain dizziness. We have the, the ghost of Lilius Drummond who apparently etched her name into the window when her husband was entertaining, shall we say, his new wife yeah. in the bedroom. Uh, and uh, we have a case of uh, almost blindness. Absolutely. That is amazing. I, I can't <laughs> wait. So this is all coming up right after the break right here on uh, Tojinet. No, it's not Tojinet. Yeah, we are Tojinet. But yeah, this Tojinet, is Ghost, yes. ghost Chronicles Next Generation all right, here on Tojinet, Pararex, Planet Paranormal, and Astronet Radio, and iTunes, and whoever the hell else it is. And we'll be right back after the following messages. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. 
feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Anne and our special guest tonight all the way from Scotland, Sparky Scott. Wow, Sparky, you picked that name up. Uh, before, <laughs> before we get back to you, Sparky, and, and you can actually comment on this, we had another question from Parrax chat, chat room, and it says, why are ghosts... Why are ghosts not colorful like people in real life? Why are they always seen to be shadows, black and white, or gray? Which is not true. I, I've seen uh, colored ghosts. Uh, so what's your thoughts on that, uh, Spocky? Yeah, I, it's, it's actually a really good question. And I think it, 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 can, uh, it kind of stems back to, I think, how people perceive this. Is, uh, there's a question I like to throw back at anyone who asks me this. And that is, if, if you take a walk down the street on any one day, you will see hundreds of people around you. Can you be absolutely certain that each and every one of them is physically there? That's why I always poke them with a stick. <laughs> absolutely. I was driving along uh, just the other day, and I swear, I will swear blind that I saw my mother standing at the side of the road, despite the fact oh. she passed away six years ago. Really? Yep, absolutely. That was her. I know it was her. And yet, there were people beside her. Now, had I thought to stop and quickly turn around and go back, I may have seen something different. So I think that, uh, just to get back onto the question, I think the thing about colour is perhaps more to do with our perception and how recordings and everything were made. You know, uh, back when a lot of ghost research had been started, or back when you see these old drawings, everything's drawn in a certain way, everything was written in a certain way, and people would talk about these various shades of colour. But I'm, I'm, like yourself, when I've seen things that had full depth colour there. But I've also seen grey shapes and grey shadows. So it could be, again, that depending on the type of energy that you're walking into, if you're more in tune with it, you see more of it. It's kind of like looking through various lenses. If you're completely in tune with one specific aspect of one sighting or one apparition, then you can tune in more clearly to all the energy behind that apparition. Therefore, you see it clearer. However, if perhaps it's something that you just graze the surface of that energy, what you might see is an outline, a shape, you might have a sensation, and you might not get that full depth. I don't know. It's just a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Very well could mm. be. That's true. I mean, how do you know? That's it. How do you know? You have no way of knowing. Oh, I know. <laughs> All right. There you go. So, so back to 5 Yeah. <laughs> You want to know about her, Anne, don't you? The death of Lady Meldrum. I do, I do. I've been waiting. So Wait. patiently, too. You have been waiting. very patient. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for a woman. 
when Lady Meldrum died, uh, it's difficult to find the exact cause. She actually requested that her body be sealed within a secret room in the Meldrum Tower section of the castle. Oh. So she wasn't interred there unintentionally. She was actually asked to be put in there and that her body never be disturbed. Wow. Okay. And this is... Apparently she had placed a curse on anyone who would violate... Another curse who would violate the space where she was laid to rest. <laughs> and, there's, and there's another one on top of this. We've not even got onto the, onto the Andrew Lamy, the... Trumpeter, yeah, who placed a okay, curse so on we'll the place. Okay, we'll get to that. Let's, let's talk about the, uh, wow. so what, what happened to her. So this place is just rife with curses. It's yeah. right. very cursed, Goodness. yes. And so, all right, so it was her, her you know, her final wish. wishes that she be interred yeah. in there. And I suppose if you have 120 rooms, you can do that. You can honor that yes. wish. Um, yes. So... But of course, eventually, someone unsealed it, right? Yes. Of course. Let what the curse. To her? Wait a let what the curse break forth. No. What happened to her? They unsealed it, and Lady Meldrum. Well, some workers in the 1920s uh, were there to renovate the southwest corner of the castle, uh-huh. and they informed the laird that they had found remains, which were. I think assumed, but then identified to be Lady Meldrum. She was taken out and carried to a churchyard, given a proper burial. Mm-hmm. However, uh. after that, and this is a strange thing, a proper burial. After right. that happened, after the remains were removed, that was the start of ghostly noises and the grey lady being seen. There's two of ladies course. that appear within Fivey Castle. One is green and one is grey. Ah. So the Laird's he was t- terrified by all these happenings and he asked that her remains be returned back to the secret room and it to be resealed. <laughs> However, the curse still stands because mm-hmm. she's, the great lady is still seen within the passages of Ivy Castle from time to time. So the curse appears to have been the disturbance of well, yeah. a resting place and there doesn't seem to be any way to repair that. Oh, well, you know what? When now, you wake up the sleeping lady... And she doesn't forget. Yeah, wake up any woman she needs. Okay. Tell you that. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's right. Sure. Don't poke the sleeping bear. Absolutely. And um, what this also does, though, is apparently the curse has also been rumored to have caused death and blindness, particularly blindness within the wives of the lairds oh. of Fight Castle. And this has been reported to have happened, whether oh. it's tied to the curse or hasn't. However, what I will say is just as we were entering the drawing room, just the second last room, there's a room that's rumoured to be called the murder room, where apparently one of the ladies of Fivey Castle was locked and starved to death. Oh, oh nice. Uh, we were nice place. I want to visit that. Yeah. so warm and welcoming. <laughs> it's a lovely place. We came back down, we walked into the drawing room, and for a few seconds, Barry lost her vision. Oh, no. Just oh for a few God. seconds. Vary lost wow. her vision and she started, her, her, her eyes went all, you know, just unfocused and blurry and uh, she would have sworn she was going blind. And again, we didn't know the cause of this until we kind of got back. We'd, we'd found some stuff online before we went, just, just to do a little bit of research about the place mm-hmm. so that we, we could pick up notes and things as we went and recognise places. But we, re- we didn't really recognise the, the connection between that and that. And the, the room that we went into just before that, is one of these places where apparently Lady Meldrum could have died. 
Oh. It could have really? been the she died. Yes, apparently. So, so let me, when did you visit 5A Castle? I can't remember. Um, okay. I can't remember <laughs> when it was. Uh, yes, this year. Um, <laughs> okay. Much, no, be, because the reason the reason I say that, Stephen, is that <laughs> I, I was I was in a place and and then all of a sudden I lost my vision. Ah, hang and, on. And I was just curious to say find out when that when happened. So if there was a correlation, was it at the same time, for yes. instance? Uh, I will look right now, Ron. Just give me a second. I'm using the wonder of uh, nondescript handheld technology here to try ah. and work out what's going on. I'm not going to name brands. Um, By the way, is is, is the Ouija board tech, dead technology? I don't know. I think it's pretty up to date. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. We got somebody who wants something in the chat room. Uh, oh, in Togi? Oh, uh, yeah. That's our, friend, that's our friend Marla. Speak Come for on. yourself. Come on. Oh, Wow. Uh, Marla says. Um, oh, he's looking. Don't don't confuse him. No, oh, okay. Well, you just brought it up. There. I thought you wanted me to ask. There I go. just saw that somebody had posted something there. And... Somebody. Yeah. Somebody. Nobody All will right. know. So, anyways, uh, you know, could you give that to the green lady to figure out there, uh, Stephen? Well, <laughs> you answer this question. <laughs> yes, the the real green lady. Yes, we've got it. It's the eleventh to the thirteenth of April. We were there. There you go. Okay. Of April. Okay, now I'm gonna have to go figure out where now I you was. have to go. Yeah, now look at your calendar, uh, Van All Lassa. right, so so answer this person's question. Sure. Okay, so Marla in uh, Toginet. Hey, Marla. Uh, would like to know. She says there are tons of gray ladies around. I'm guessing they call them gray ladies because nobody knows who they are. Why haven't mediums gone in to find out who they might be? Or do they know about many of them, but the term grey lady sounds more intriguing? Oh, my God. That's a great question, uh, and I'm not sure. If, I think it's because, uh, well, we know this grey lady is Lady Meldrum. Okay. We, we do know that the grey lady is Lady Meldrum because right. the disturbances happened. The grey lady appeared immediately after her resting place was disturbed. It had, okay. There was no record of it before that, and that's okay. when it started. So we're... You know, people are almost about as sure as you can be that the Grey Lady is Lady Meldrum. However, with regard to other Grey Ladies and other sightings, it's I don't know about that because it's why people don't go in and investigate. I think very often that uh, it would be very difficult to tie down exactly who someone was within any one location simply because there are so many people who will have lived and being in that that one situation, not just at Five Year, but at any castle, you know, dot any town. Mm-hmm. And yes, a lot of these things are just named very nondescript, grey ladies, grey apparitions, these types of things. So uh, with regard to how that's actually investigated and how people can look into that, it's a... Uh, I suspect it's just because they've not been able to identify them. So mediums that go in and try and find out who they are or who they might actually be, that would require at least some level of communication with that entity. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't believe you can have a two-way communication with a ghost because I, okay. in my experience, it's been a 
it's a projection. It's an image. So if I talk to it, it won't respond. Okay. So can I answer the question? Let it rip. Yes. Why oh, not? okay, fine. Well, it's not my show, so I just didn't want to check. That's not your uh, show? <laughs> okay. Uh, that's not exactly true. I mean, we, we use the word gray lady. It's when we, we don't know who they are, but it doesn't necessarily be a medium to find out who they are. For instance, the, uh, the brown lady of Raynham Hall, uh, they know who she is, uh, and they didn't use a medium to, to discover that. Uh, there are other cases as well where, uh, you know, the photographs are very similar to someone else who uh, is uh, been there, even though they're gray and, the, and they're a lady, but, uh, you know, they'll have a photograph or a painting and they can identify it from, from that uh, instance. Does that even make sense? I guess it does. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, so. so basically, basically they, it's, it's like they recognize them. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily need a medium to... Uh, mm-hmm to find out who the gray lady is. It's just because they don't know who they are, whether it's a medium or, or whoever. And uh, at the time they were seen, it not necessarily might have been a medium there. And, and as we all know, uh, spirits or, or ghosts, whatever you want to call them, are not necessarily bound to uh, a piece of property or whatever. They can be seen, for instance, Mary, Queen of Scots is seen everywhere, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I would also say as well is that there's some places probably, probably do not want to have mediums go in, right? And do that. There are some really? places that are that, that, that may be averse to that. Yeah, they like the theory of the grey lady of such and such. Mm-hmm. And if you go in and say, well, actually, you, you know, it wasn't the queen. It was a it was a little washerwoman. Okay, so. So, okay, so instead of, you know, Queen Agnes of such and such hall, it's become, you know, the little scrubber from, <laughs> from down in the village, you know, and all of a sudden all the, all the, all the drama and romance has gone out of the window. So uh, perhaps it's not such a good thing for some places who thrive on the history of their ghosts to actually have them identified. You know, right. there's all, I, I sometimes think that may play a part of it as well. Right. You know, there's nothing so, to deflate someone's bubble. get the living involved, they screw everything up. <laughs> That's right, we do. You know. Oh, yes, yes, it's, yeah, it's the women. So, in a way, I mean, I think, you know, Marla is correct in that regard. I, it is, it does sound more intriguing. Of course it does. It does, yes, it does, of course it does. Yes, and she's absolutely right. It does. Yeah. Because it, it, it's also a good hook as well to get a story out there and get tales out there, you know, and, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so uh, Stephen, you said that April 11th was when you went there? Yes. Okay, I can tell you that it definitely occurred on a Monday, which April 11th was. So that I can tell you. Uh, I'm not perfectly sure. Do you know when you went there or what time of the day? Uh, We were there about midday, midday to 2 o'clock, I think, at least. That would almost fit. Because it opened at midday. We got there early thinking we'll get there before the crowds. Then we got there early and thought, oh, we have to sit in the cold now. That is interesting. <laughs> but uh, one other thing I wanted to uh, interject, too, is, is we're talking about the, the, the woman who was uh, board, wanted to be uh, boarded up in the walls or whatever and then was taken out. Uh, the same thing happened to one of the, the Screaming Skulls. Uh, there was uh, one of the Screaming Skulls said that she wanted her skull kept at the house. 
And what they did is they gave her a proper burial and buried her skull with uh, her body. And then that's when all the paranormal activity occurred in the house until they uh, dug her up again and took her skull out and put it back in the house. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So things, so things like I guess you know, spirit has the last say. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so what other exciting things that happened there at uh, uh, lovely uh, Fifey Hall, uh, Manor, Castle. Castle, whatever? Castle, yes. Castle. Uh, one of the interesting places was uh, when we went into what, what, what was a small library section. And there were several books all around the place. But um, when we walked into the library, uh, I'm just walking around and I'm looking. And I, I, I didn't look up, which sounds strange, but... I was looking at books at eye level, you, you, you know, uh, and looking at a couple of things that were on display. And there was an old, I'll call it a grimoire that was open at a page, and they don't know why why it's been left at that page. It's apparently been left at that page for a long time, and I lost interest when they started talking because uh, <laughs> I'm reading it and it had no bearing whatsoever on anything. It was something as mundane as like joist members for. <laughs> so it was completely ridiculous uh, and they're saying that you know there's a mystery around why this was left open at this page so I switched off and I started walking about and generally when that happens when I start to get bored of the history that's when my own stuff starts to kick in and I just started walking about and I stopped in the middle of the room and I felt as though someone was sticking a pin right into the side of my temple on the right Ouch! Hand. And it was really sore, and I said to Vary, uh, you know, I've, I've got a really sore head in here, and it's, it's quite painful. And then again, the tour guide started talking about what happened in here in the live and how the owners were interested in phrenology, which is that study of heads. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get the phrenology head, and it tells you this shape of head has this type of attributes and this. And she's talking about these things on the wall, and she's talking about these phrenology heads. And then she says, apart from that one there, which is an actual death mask of a hanged man, uh, I looked up and it was directly in line with the right hand side of my head. Oh, jeez! It was literally six feet above me, on the shelf, right up the top, with all the phrenology heads. Which I failed my D twenty roll. I did not see it there. That's a little throw in for some of your Dungeons and Dragons geeks. And um, <laughs> I completely missed my observations, and I didn't see these things. And at the top of this shelf, there was this literally a dead man's face staring back at me. Uh, still see the hang mark around his neck where they took the cast. Oh my god! Ew. And it was apparently a monster. Cool. It had killed someone, um, uh, and it was going, it was literally facing directly onto the right hand side of my body where I was standing. So again, very interesting. What was I sensing there? I'm not sure, but I, I definitely was not happy in that room, and I was getting a, a real throbbing pain in my head. Oh my god! Wow, pretty crazy. It's it a shame they would, didn't let you take pictures in the inside. Oh, it was, yeah. Even yeah. though they allowed Steve Parsons to go in there. And... Yeah, but he had the power of television. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Next time I send you out, I'm going to call ahead of time from the States, and that maybe we can, we can work that out a little better. Yeah, you can do, yeah. Oh. I, I did tell them what it was going for, what it was going to be done for, what it was on, who it's been done on behalf of, who he works with, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And None of that worked? They didn't care. They don't should, care. should have had your kilt on. You would probably would have worked. <laughs> Put that little leg out there. Like, it was you know. far too windy. <laughs> fellow, think, fellow. think Marilyn Monroe with hairy legs. 
Let's not. Let's not go there. I already have to see that commercial for the Snickers, and you know she has the scary, st- you know, hairy legs, yeah. scary, scary, whatever. <laughs> so I, I, I want to ask you this now. You know you were going there, and as you approached it, did you feel anything or a sense of thing at all? Did you have any emotion whatsoever as you approached? Uh, I got closer and closer to 5A Castle. Yes, there, there was a slight um, oppressiveness, a thickening of the atmosphere as you got closer to it. Now, whether that was an, an I'll put on my logic head first, whether that was an anticipation of what was coming up, mm-hmm. you know, or everything that was going to happen, uh, or that we might have discovered that was a possibility. But I did get the feeling sitting, particularly in the courtyard, uh, just as we were sitting before we went in, and everything just kind of felt energised. I felt quite bristly about the whole affair. As though, uh, you know that moment just where you're sure something's about to happen but you don't know what? Mm-hmm. Okay. That is how it felt, in all honesty. And it was it was an interesting sensation. So I like an edginess? Um, yes. A an slight anticipation, edginess. An anticipation, you know, an edginess that you know that something's happening but you don't know what. Yes, but you just... Yeah, I wasn't pre-programming myself for anything to happen. I was trying to stay as just level-headed as possible because I tend to have a very down-to-earth approach to these things. I go in and I look for all the physical stuff first, you know, and I'm not talking about physical mediumship stuff, no books moving across shelves like Ghostbusters. I'm just talking about I look for the physical reasons. That's why when we went into the morning room, I was walking along. I'm, I'm kind of shuffling like an old man across the, f- the floorboards towards Vary, almost like a moonwalk in reverse. You know, take like doing the robot, and um, <laughs> just to check the floorboards out to make sure it wasn't a deviation of the floorboard that was making me slightly lopsided and lightheaded in that room. And you know, I was I was trying to undertake as many sensible checks as possible. Uh, and then when we do pick up something and we start focusing in on it, it gets very very interesting. Uh, so yeah, there, there was a little bit of excitement about it, but. It did start to build as things went on, and you knew walking about, there were some rooms you went into and things just got heavy all of a sudden, very, very heavy. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting. No, that's cool. That's, I'm it glad does you, sound uh, cool. Yeah, it's, we'll have to put it on our bucket list. Absolutely. <laughs> it's getting but, longer and longer. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Yes, my life gets shorter and shorter. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if you, if both of you ever come over here, leave yourself a good two weeks, because okay. there's so many places up here <laughs> that we can go to. It's crazy. It's the rain. It just brings out the ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why there's so many ghosts. They're all inside up here because it's too wet outside. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, it, as far as. The, the people that run it uh, do they do they embrace the ghost stories or or the curses or, or do they just like fluff over them? No, no, no. I believe that they acknowledge that there is some strange things happen there. Uh, we did manage to pick up some books. I did have a talk with the manageress there very, very briefly, and she did tell me that she was going to get another member of staff contact me to discuss some of the stories and things that other staff have brought forward. Uh, but like the grey lady, that didn't materialise either. <laughs> uh, so, um, but yeah, no, I believe they do embrace it, and uh, there are tales from the property manager and things there about 
unusual things that have happened. You, you know, taps turning on and sinks. Um, there was also stories about uh, ceiling lights switching on and off and people weren't there. And, you know, the kind of usual stuff that tends to happen whenever psychic sparks go off. So, um yeah, I think it just depends because there, there is a great deal of history. I mean, we've glossed over slightly the grey lady, but we've, we've not even looked at the green lady and the story behind that and everything that went on there because that We're brings into a time, whole, so we better get to it. I know that brings to. into a whole other aspect of things. And uh, the, the the green lady was called um, Dame Lilius Drummond, mm-hmm. and she sired only daughters, which. Oh. Uh, Back then, in the 17th century, of course, uh, Alexander Drummond wanted a son. He wanted a male heir. He obviously didn't pay attention to the small print when he decided to have a male heir. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dame Lilius couldn't provide him with a son. So uh, it's believed in order to... It's it's theorised that in order to find himself a new wife, he locked her in a certain tower in the castle, which was the murder room, and left her to starve to death. Wow. However... There's also stories that she died of natural causes. Okay. Shortly after she died, however, he married a young woman called Gazelle Leslie. And on their wedding night, they were disturbed by strange sounds from outside the window. Now, the window's on a third floor. However, <laughs> there, apparently there were renovations at the time and there were makeshift scaffolds there outside. Mm-hmm. But there were noises from outside the window. Mm-hmm. In the morning... When they got up, they discovered that the name D. Lilius Drummond. When we walked into that room, I immediately felt weird. Didn't know the room I was in and thought, I need to look out the window. And I went to the window and I looked down and I saw the carved name in the windowsill. I just came, I just got drawn straight to the window. Mm -hmm. The guy didn't say what it was, what it was for, what it was doing. Uh, What I will say is, if it was a ghost that did this, it must have been the ghost of a mason. (laughs) <laughs> because it's the most accurate and best amount of stenciling I've ever seen in my life. It's very well presented. It's not a, a scribble with an extra grizzly nail. It's boom. It's very well done. Uh-huh. So there we are. That's just my observation on that. But she's the green lady, Lilius Drummond. The green lady, sorry, is Lilius Drummond. Ah. Well, believe it or not, it's going to oh, happen. If she appears. Oh, she appears whenever something bad's going to happen. Yes, apparently. Okay. Uh, so she showed up when you were coming. Yes, yes, she played all that night before and there all the day after and until we left Aberdeenshire she was wailing and moaning and gnashing her teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. Okay. Uh, we're uh, just about out of time, so uh our guest today has been uh our investigative uh reporter, Scottish medium Scottish spiritualist medium Stephen Scott. Stephen, if people wanted to get a uh, find out more about you, where could they do that? Yes, it's on the website stephenwkscott.com. Where your book is too, by the way. It is indeed. Yes, soon to be a second, hopefully. Oh, really? Awesome. Mm-hmm. Is it? Great. Is it? Is it all about the Van Helsing? It is. Yes, it's it's every word. My my life with Ron Kay and how I survived yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> so, Stephen, we want to thank you and the Green Lady oh, so much for uh, you know doing this for me, and I, I appreciate, really do appreciate that. That just to remind you, next time take the pictures horizontal, not vertical. I will do. I will turn my phone or my head either way. Okay, so that's fine with me. Please do, <laughs> Stephen. So thank there- you so much. That was great. Okay. Good night, guys. Thank you. 
Good night, yep. Good night. Ari. I will do. Right. And, and before we go, I just do want to announce that uh, Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition will now be heard on Tojinet and Astronet Radio every morning at 11, I mean, every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Tune in for Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition. And next week is our live show from EBC TV. Woohoo! Woohoo! We have a surprise guest, too. Oh, can't wait. Yep. Good night. Thanks God for bless. listening. Good night. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good luck.